Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Anything is Possible, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are coming to you on a late Sunday evening. The Celtics it's really late. It's exceptionally <laughs> late. It is wildly late. The Celtics have fallen double overtime to the New York Knicks, their third loss in four games. They're 3-3 three and three coming out of the All-Star break. Two really bad losses in a row where they held big leads, and um, I would say the vibes are not great in this place. We just hung out in the postgame for about an hour, and um, you know what? I thought Joe Missoula was, uh, was like... Steady Eddie, but then you know Al Horford and Jason Tatum kind of brought me down. They didn't, they didn't bring a lot of inspiration, and so vibes are not great here for the Celtics. What what what, what was what brought you down about their? They just their seemed response? sad and frustrated and didn't really know what they were gonna. They both gonna said do they next. were gonna get out of it. And yeah, not really I didn't believe them. I didn't. I didn't believe them. I just felt like, especially Al, just felt like he's been he's had enough of this, but. Al likes nothing more than to play good basketball. And they have not played good basketball the last couple of games. And they've, I mean, the two leads that they've given up, the 28-point lead against the Nets, and we can start there because that was a debacle. Uh, They were just fucking around. Even while building that lead, they were just fucking (laughs) around. Jalen threw a ridiculous off-the-glass alley-oop attempt with, like, Two, in two minutes into that game. Yeah, and I actually thought they played a lot better tonight from the start. They had a really bad second quarter where they had a, I think it was eight turnovers in the second quarter. And then and then they just like... They had a really bad end of the third quarter too. It's like Jason Tatum checked out, Hauser and Muscala checked in, and it was a bad... All of a sudden, they went up from being up 14 to down 11, and it was just like, I thought they actually did it was a, a 30 to seven run, I believe. And they like, which isn't great. They did a good job, I think, of like getting stops and getting back into this game. There was a a moment there where was, I think they were down 99 to 102, and they've got like five or six stops in a row. But then it was like a Tatum turnover in transition, another kind of like wacky play in transition where they, I thought they'd like. Once they kind of got back into this game, they did a pretty solid job, and there was just a couple of things that that didn't go their way. Like I'm not, I guess I'm now talking myself back into Celtics optimism. Like I don't think like the the sky is falling. Like they they didn't have Rob, who's going to be out for a while. They didn't have Brogdon, and so their depth obviously was hurt a little bit. And the Knicks are, as much as it pains me to say, because there's nothing more obnoxious in this world than an excited Knicks fan. Um, 
playing good basketball. Nine in a row from the Knicks, and I thought I just thought the Celtics played decently. It's just I don't know how many threes did they miss tonight there. And that's a that's a question I have for you, Jay. Is like it feels like the the Celtics have really cranked up three pointers, and like three point rate is the big thing. Apparently, people are talking about. Has that introduced like too much variance into their offense? So they're like gonna have games where they struggle when they shoot thirty five percent from three, like they did tonight. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily the three point rate to to blame for that. It's probably more the fact that they haven't been able to produce points at the rim and points at the free throw line at a high level. Um, you look at both those stats, they're 25th or worse, or at least were when I checked it after the Nets game. Um, I don't think they got better tonight because they missed a lot of decent looks at the rim. Yeah, and f- just 42 points of the paint in a double overtime game, like that's that's nothing. Uh, 25 free throw attempts again in a double overtime game, that's not a lot. So t- t- to me, like... The biggest difference between the way they're playing now and the way they were playing early in the regular season, in the regular, at the start of the regular season, everyone was just confident. Everyone was letting it fly. Now you look, Grant Williams is like hesitating sometimes. He's pump faking out of shots. There was one today that he he ended up shooting, but he like double clutched almost, and it's like, like that was not happening with anybody on the roster earlier in the season. Um, you look at the other weird part about today is they played a double overtime game they did not play a guard off the bench not one guard off the bench so Grant Williams played 45 minutes Sam Howell they basically played two power forwards and a center off the bench and and that's just weird uh, obviously Malcolm Brogdon didn't play but neither did Peyton Pritchard um, so, so I think sometimes like you could use another ball handler. <laughs> you could you could use another guy to kind of juice up the offense a little bit. And obviously they're going to play big minutes to the guys that started tonight. Smart, White, Tatum, and Brown all started. But but sometimes it's like, I don't know, so, sometimes, and especially tonight without Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon, it's like they don't have as many offensive options as it seemed like they did earlier in the season. What do you think about the decision to close with Grant over Derek White? Obviously, Grant provides some size in there, and Julius Randle was certainly a problem earlier in this game. I thought they did a a pretty good job in Julius Randle in the fourth quarter with sending the uh, doubles at the right time, but... If you talk about like finishing in the rim and dribble penetration, I don't know. I, it feels like Grant has not been shooting the way he kind of was earlier in the season. And so maybe if you're trying to solve that issue on offense, White is, is the solution there. Especially in the second overtime, I thought we might get some minutes of White just because these guys played crazy, crazy minutes tonight. And we can talk about Emmanuel quickly later, but he played 55 minutes, which is insane. Um, but what do you think about that decision to close bigger with Grant than kind of giving White the opportunity there? I, I didn't mind it because uh, Grant did a really good job on Julius Randle. Two blocks down the, the stretch for Grant, too. Like, he was good. People the, were hating on him because they love to hate Grant, but I thought yeah, he was solid. The Knicks are super physical, and if you look at that second overtime, what really killed the Celtics was offensive rebounding. So you want size on the court, uh, and Grant, like – 
I thought his defense for the most part, he got burned by quickly a couple of times, but his defense on Randall was really good. And so I, I didn't hate it, but it's, they do need to consider getting white on the court in closing time. And I don't know if that means just like going small a lot. Um, I know that like, if you do go small at the end, it, it can be like tricky and you can give up offensive rebounds. You can, you can be more susceptible defensively, but Derek white, like all the numbers suggest that the Celtics have played their best basketball with him on the court this season. And, and so that's just something they have to figure out. And I, I do think it's like, it's a complicated decision because like, if you play him for Marcus smart, I think smart gets pissed off and you kind of, you like lose lose Marcus Smart there, which is just I don't think worth it. I don't think Marcus played great tonight. Um, he hit some timely threes, but I don't think the decision is to like you uh, choose Mark or White over Marcus Smart. Yeah, I, I think if you do that, you're going small, um, and sometimes you just want more size. So I understand why White sits sometimes. I also think Marcus Smart is very key at organizing them in crunch time possessions. Um, and the, the go ahead three that Al Horford hit was like a perfect example of that smart drove in the lane, found Tatum who sucked in Mitchell Robinson and found Horford for the three in the corner. Um, was that in overtime regulation? I think that was, that was the first overtime. I don't even know when that fuck that. It gave me a great opportunity to tweet your mom's text to you that Al Horford's playing fucking great, which is a new go-to meme for, uh, for me. I appreciate that. I appreciate mom, your mom I'm texting sure appreciates that. that. Um, so I guess what's your level of, of concern about this Celtics team? Like immediately they lost two in a row, take a step out, three of four, take a step out. They're three and three since the all-star break. They have fallen to second place as the time of this recording. Who knows what happens after they play a double overtime game and back-to-back in Cleveland. Um, at this point, Donovan Mitchell might be out, so who knows, but... Uh, I guess what's the level of the concern of this team not playing its best basketball heading into the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think I think it's concerning because they haven't figured out how to play, I think, when they're fully healthy. And, and that means with rotations, like who plays the most minutes. That means I think their style can can fluctuate back and forth depending on who's on the court. Um, they are like the ball is not whipping around like it was sometimes earlier in the season. They're not playing with the pace they did earlier in the season. Uh, so there are a lot of things that go into that, but I think the most important part is like, if they get everyone healthy, you look at the numbers when Robert Williams is on the court. I know Celtics Twitter is up in arms. They hate him. There's like, he's not the same, but he's like, he hasn't been the same. He's amazingly good at basketball. He makes such a big impact. They're outscoring teams by 10.6 points per 100 possessions or something like that with Robert Williams on the court. So when he is out there, when he's available, he transforms them. Um, but that being said, when he is out there, like, there's just a lot to figure out. What, do you play Hauser? Do you play Grant Williams? Who do you close? Do you close with Derek White? Do you not have him on the court, even though he's been one of the three or four best players most nights this season? Like, that is, there are just a lot of decisions. Who do you play 
as a big? Do you go with Luke Cornett? Do you go with Mike Muscala? I just feel like at this time last year, they knew what to get to. They knew which lineups they were going to. They knew which eight guys they were going to play. It was just like everything was set in stone. And and this year, it doesn't feel like that at all. Um, and I, I think, you know, you've, you've seen Grant Williams go from a DNP, was it two games ago, to 45 minutes tonight in double overtime. And I, I know... That's partly due to matchups and stuff like that, but there is like a level of stuff that the Celtics have to figure out now that they're healthier, although sounds like Robert Williams is going to miss a week or a week and a half with this left hamstring strain. Yeah, they haven't been able to develop consistency in like rotations and habits. It all it always comes back to championship habits, but you're right, like they it's unclear what this the the closing five of this team's going to be. You assume it's the starting lineup, but then there's also been games when Robert Williams has been healthy and he just doesn't play down the stretch because of matchups and and going smaller. So they do have the opportunity to figure these things out. But it's interesting last year they had such a dominant defense that I think it masked a lot of their offensive issues and right now they're still although they've been struggling top 5 in defense, top 5 in offense and I feel like they have I guess maybe a more flexible team or, or like last year they basically won on their defense alone and their offense late was bad. I feel like they're more balanced this year. Um, it's just about figuring out. And I think they're like plenty capable of doing that. I think right now you have to worry about obviously the health, long-term health of Robert Williams and him getting on the court. And then seeding has definitely come into play because they're not – that far uh, up on the Sixers right now and uh, a game and a half back of the Bucks, But I don't know. That's my big takeaway. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know. There's 17 games left. Like, they certainly have an opportunity to figure it out, and I still think they're, like, top two team in the East and plenty capable. Um, It's just about getting into that rhythm and finding that rhythm um, over the next month. They have played disappointing basketball in some ways lately, though. Like, for a team that came into the season hell-bent on getting back to the finals and doing better than they did last year and and using that finals loss as motivation. Like it felt like they had just a lot of, of motivation to do that early on. Like they were on a mission. Yeah. They seem to have run out of steam a bit. And that mission has, for whatever reason, like they are, they are not as energized as they were. Uh, I thought Jason Tatum in that Nets game was like, that's as bad as he's looked probably all season. Um, the last play of the first half in that game was pathetic, like absolutely pathetic. The Nets had 3.2 seconds left. They throw an inbounds pass. Tatum just looks at the ball while his man dives straight to the rim, and he's 15 feet off him while the guy's sinking a wide-open layup. I think it was Dorian Finney-Smith. And it's just like like moments like that, you're looking at him like, where where is the Jason Tatum who on a night to night basis was like locked in earlier in the season? Um I think that's why tonight's game was like pretty extra disappointing for Celtics kids, because it felt like they really shat the bed against the Nets. The Knicks are this team coming in with this win streak. It was like an opportunity to kind of prove themselves and then to have that same collapse up fourteen, down eleven, uh Certainly, I understand the frustration, and then at the same time, I feel like they were down 11 in the fourth quarter and did a a pretty good job to come back in this game. Jalen Brown, who didn't have the best statistical game, made some huge plays towards the end, made that free throw, clutch free throw. um, So I feel like there's, there's reasons to be frustrated and then reasons to be like, also the Knicks are a damn good basketball team who will be extremely annoying if you have to face them in the playoffs. You've won nine in a row. Uh, and, like, I don't know, Emmanuel quickly was fucking awesome tonight. And I just didn't know he had 55 minutes and 38 points in him. Um, yeah, but so I'm going to question something Missoula did right now. Uh, and I sort of questioned it earlier, but without Malcolm Brogdon, I think you have to play Pritchard there. Like, Hauser, they kept going at Hauser. They kept going at Grant Williams with quickly, and he was just able to get by those guys and create easy stuff. 
And that third quarter run was so much quickly, and he was having so much fun. <laughs> that guy loves playing basketball. He has elite celebration. He has Bobby Portis level celebration. He is very quick to do like a festive skip after doing something impressive. That like and everybody looks cool. Everybody does it like three fingers, but he just has a little more pizzazz to it. A little yeah, more, oomph. a little more side Back, to side. Packard is doing it right now, like. He's, he's it's got like he's like you're doing the samba or like the bachata. Yeah, so I appreciated that out of him. Um, but I just felt like, considering it was the point of attack defense where you were getting beat, and the guy that was killing you was a guard who Peyton Pritchard could have matched up against, like it just felt like that was a a moment to throw Pritchard out there, up the energy and and up the like. I don't think he would have gotten beat as badly as the other guys did defensively. Like I, I think he was actually a better defensive option against quickly in that matchup alone. But they were they were switching a lot too. And, so and like, again, they're big, like they're physical, so that that's probably why they they didn't go to it. Coaching in the NBA involves a lot of tough decisions. I feel um, like you bring Pritchard out and you they just try to get Julius Randle onto Pritchard, and then everyone's just pissed off about Julius Randle dominating Pritchard. Right, like I that's, feel like they they basically you allowed. Have, you don't have to switch on Randall though, because he's not a great shooter, and if he settles for a fadeaway too, like okay, cool. I mean, uh, he, even he, though he, he, he knocked down a bunch huge, of them, he huge shot in Miami the other day, he and hit a buzzer huge, beater at the at the half. This he hit, yeah, some some big shots tonight too. Um, but he's not like the type of jump shooter where you're totally worried about leaving his body for a little while. Um, yeah, I felt. Uh, we haven't even talked about Jalen. I thought Jalen gave them a chance to win in that fourth quarter. He was awesome. He was, I mean, it was it was it was blocks. It was steals. It was the the one they called him for a foul that that was like an incredible block. Um, he he was, and then the and one and the free throw. Was that an overtime? I think that was an overtime. That was, I think, <laughs> to send it to, to double overtime. Yeah. He, and for whatever reason, he didn't really touch the ball in either of the overtimes with the exception of that and one. Uh, sometimes, and I, 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 I'm not exactly sure why they went away from him. I, I, I wasn't, I'm not good enough at watching basketball to... <laughs> It's your job to, to know that stuff without rewatching it. Um, I, well, I felt like they just didn't have a lot going, like in the paint, and so they were genera- generating a lot of threes. But like the Knicks' defense is pretty solid, at least the numbers are when Mitchell Robinson's on the court, and he's a pretty decent rim protector. Uh, although Joe Mazzulla didn't seem to think so in the post game, um, but. I thought like as good as, as clutch as Jalen was late. Like I think both him and Tatum struggled around the rim. I thought the Celtics like generally struggled around the rim, and that's kind of been the issue as you alluded to um, all year. And I don't know necessarily how they get better at that, um, but I don't know. They got a decent Al Horford look, who's been shooting uh, since the All Star break. I think like sixty eight percent from three. Like the guy's shooting the hell out of the basketball. Uh, he said he he may have rushed it at the end. Jason Tatum was so mad at Grant Williams before he oh, called yeah. the timeout. He well, that was a wasted, wasted uh, 15 seconds of a possession when they're 
down by two there in the second overtime. Yeah, it looked like Tatum wanted Grant to come up and set the screen rather than was, was it smart, smart who yeah. ended up doing it. And uh, he was he was really upset in that moment. And then it looked like Missoula was upset too, and Grant Grant was trying to explain himself and animated about it. That was a it was a weird scene and uh, not something you've seen too much from the Celtics this season. Stuff like that. Um, and Tatum doesn't often like scream at teammates like that, but he was he was pissed, very pissed about that one. Um, so I, I don't know if there's anything to, else to read into that, but it seemed like a mistake by Grant in the moment. Um, or Or maybe the other guys didn't do a good enough job of letting him know he was supposed to do that. I'm not sure exactly what happened. But he he clearly was not where everyone else thought he was going to be. That's correct. I'm Rob, I'm out of thoughts. It's too late. It's past midnight. Do you have any more takes on this uh, Knicks Celtics game? I don't really have too many takes <laughs> about the that I haven't Knicks that I haven't Celtics. unloaded already. Uh, Mitchell Robinson had a lot of trouble guarding Al Horford. Al Horford at the center position against teams that don't switch everything can just really get a lot of good looks and engineer a lot of good offense for the Celtics. Uh, yeah, it still feels like like they just need Rob to get back and be healthy, and and but they still have a lot to figure. Like they really do have a lot to figure out with their rotation and everything. And I think maybe being as like, it's not like they've been super unhealthy, um, but they've almost always had at least one guy out. And and I think that now that they're getting a little healthier, with the exception of Rob right now, uh, and now they have Muscala involved, like, it just adds one, one fewer... It just takes away one spot that somebody else used to play minutes. So I think some guys are probably pissed off. Like, like Derek White has basically... Closed a lot. He's closed a lot of games. He's started like all but ten games, um, and now he's not closing a lot of the time. And now they've got uh, Grant Grant Williams. Although he played a lot tonight, like he's he's kind of fluctuating. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, like he's got to be pissed off. He's not playing at all, even when Malcolm Brogdon's not not there. Do you think Luke Cornett's Cornette, pissed off? I don't. He seems like just a joyful guy. He's probably not too pissed, but like, I'd be pissed if I were him. He he's played really well for them most of the season, and and the Celtics were getting absolutely cooked in their second unit. And he's a guy who usually has a really big defensive impact. And so, absolutely terrible celebrity starting five though today from Luke Cornett. Yeah, that was. Uh, all white guys, which I thought was a bold choice to go with your celebrity starting five, but he went John Krasinski from The Office, Vince Vaughn, the lead singer of Nickelback, and Chef Gordon Ramsay. That's who that I didn't know who the that one white the lead <laughs> lead singer of Nickelback. You're not familiar with Mr. Chad Kroger? No, I, I would love to watch you listen to Nickelback. That would be a dream let, country. Let's do for that me. right now. <laughs> All right. What's uh, the best Nickelback song? Arms wide open. Do you just want to listen to me sing? Arms wide open. I know that song, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know who's singing it. Um, I just told you it was Chad Kroger. 
Let, let's throw on their, their number one. You know this. This how you remind me. Wait for it. Yeah, that's what I was going for. This is how you remind me of the self you could be. <laughs> this is the first musical interlude we've ever had on anything as possible. Is this everything you thought it would be? This is, this is amazing. I just wish you guys could see this moment right now. We're on the a visiting team's podium. Uh, just cranking it out to some uh, Nickelback. Fantastic stuff. What was the other song you wanted me to, to play? Uh, I think Arms Wide Open? Is that, that might not be on there. It's gotta be somewhere. This is, this is, I don't even know. That might be Creed. That sounds like a Christian rock song if I'm being... Uh, that is Creed. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't you don't, have the right fucking white guy. Well, I don't... I don't even know the name. Scott Stapp? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is turned into the... the <laughs> This is the most outrageous junk drawer of all time. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of other observations I've had uh, in junk drawer going back to the Cleveland game. <laughs> what, what what junk drawer you got? I don't. Need, I, it's on my phone, and I can't. We're recording on my phone. I can't even uh, pick it up right now. So, uh, <laughs> I think this is the. There's, I, there's no reco- there's no coming back from this. The, the podcast is over. <laughs> is Creed potable? Creed is absolutely fucking potable. Chad Kroger, fucking potable. Fucking Nickelback, potable is all hell. Vince Vaughn, John Krasinski, and Luke Cornett. Anything is potable. <laughs> Anything is possible!